Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of What Do They Know Podcast. On today's episode, the guys will answer a question that was sent in by one of our viewers on our social media page, review episode two of HBO Hard Knocks, and tackle the AFC and NFC South and give you their thoughts and review. Don't forget to send in any questions or thoughts that you want to hear discussed on next week's episode on any of our social media outlets. But hey, what do they know? What do they know? Well, you're about to find out what's going on, everybody. This is episode two of the What Do They Know podcast. I'm Nick Hoskins with my my best bud, Jeff Garcia, um, and this is episode two, so welcome. What's going on, man? How are you? Doing all right. How was your Um, week? It was... uh... A little stressful. Yep. <laughs> we had a contract negotiation going on uh, at my workplace. Yep. Um, union versus management and whatnot. But always fun. Always fun. But we got through it. We got a new contract pushed through Friday and voted in. So it'll take effect Monday and we're good to go for the next five years. So good, good stuff. How about with you? I'm good, man. Week was, uh, was a little painful. I'm recovering. Um, I'm recovering from a minor procedure. Um, <laughs> well, I, won't, the- I, I won't get into details, but we'll just say that me and Christy are officially done having kids. So I'll let you guys figure that out. Put in a cat. Yep. Put in uh, a cat. So I'm in recovery, but no, doing good. Um, yeah, all, all good as okay. far as that's concerned. But yeah, good week and, and ready to, uh, you know, we're one week closer to the NFL season. So um, I'm ready to dive into these these divisional reviews. Um, first I just wanted to, um, talk, we had one question come in this week. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think we'll, we'll go ahead and answer that first. And the question was, um, you know, do we think, what do we think the jets game plan is for after Aaron Rodgers? Do we think that it's going to be Zach Wilson or do we think they're going to go in another direction? Um, I didn't send in this question, obviously, as a Jets fan, but I love talking about it. So thank (laughs) you. Thank you for the question. I love the question. I'm (laughs) not even Jets fan. It is a good question. It's a very interesting question. I think it, it creates a lot of a lot of dialogue, right? I think best case scenario, you know, Zach learns from Aaron for the next couple of years. He he grows. He can kind of sit back and watch exactly like Aaron Rodgers did and exactly like Jordan Love, you know, did for under Aaron Rodgers. And ideally he can come in and, and kind of take over when Rodgers steps back. Right. Um, and I think if you were to ask anybody in the Jets front office, that's what the plan is. That's what they hope to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll read you, I'll let you comment, but I'll read you a, an interesting tweet that I actually saw from, from Aaron Rodgers today. Um, he was being interviewed during the jets pregame show. Um, they're, they're playing a preseason game as we record right now. Um, but this is a quote from Aaron Rodgers. He said, I'd like to play a few good years here and then hand it off to Zach for the next 15. Um, so he said that to Otis Livingston on the CBS pregame show um, from their game, their game this tonight. And I think that, you know, if you're a jet fan, that's easy, right? Love to hear. I, it. I, I, as long as you see growth from Zach Wilson, right. if it's the same old Zach Wilson, then get him out of here, right. right? But I think you know if he is able to grow and observe these next couple of years, I think that that's hands down best case scenario. What are what are your thoughts? I think that whole thing brings up two interesting dynamics. First, we all know how Aaron Rodgers didn't enjoy Jordan Love being there in Green Bay, and he kind of felt being kicked out and whatnot. But here he's actually embracing that role um, with Zach Wilson. Um, So how much tutoring is he going to do with Zach Wilson? I think a lot more than he did with Jordan Love. So with Zach Wilson, you already got a leg up over Jordan Love in that respect. Um, So uh, it'll be interesting to see how much Zach Wilson embraces that uh, role being the one being uh, tutored rather than being thrust into a role that he wasn't prepared for at all. 
Um, second thing is he says a few years in in that tweet. Mm-hmm. That makes Ooh. me that makes me happy. Yeah, that makes you that makes me uh, very oh, yeah. happy as a Jets fan. Yeah, very yeah. exciting. Very happy. Um, obviously with Green Bay, he was playing it year by year. Yeah, he was. You would go on a yeah. retreat every off season, and then we'll see how if the Gopher shows his saddle or whatnot. And, yeah, <laughs> another year of Aaron Rodgers, but here it's, he says a few years. That's that's awesome for him. Um, Zach Wilson. I think we'll we'll see how much it goes the first year Aaron Rodgers is no longer in New York because he, he from what I've seen even from Hard Knocks even episode two it's a great transition yep great transition <laughs> well done thank you <laughs> <laughs> thank you um, <laughs> but he's he's being embraced as just take it easy let things come to you and just don't hassle yourself yeah don't, uh, do, don't, don't, be, don't do yeah, too much don't beat yourself up over over things that um you'll learn over time um for me when that first time where he has a hiccup after aaron Rodgers is gone how is he gonna um uh embrace it or reflect on it and, and come back from it yep. essentially if he goes back to zach wilson pre aaron Rodgers, then yeah it's gonna be a one and done deal uh in all likelihood if not, then we can say Aaron Rodgers <laughs> tutored him quite a bit. And best case scenario, he said, he goes on for 10, 15 years as the true uh, face of the franchise from then on, like as they originally planned. But yeah. for me, I've always enjoyed young quarterbacks taking a step back, like Patrick Mahomes and, and others who just take a step back um, and learn the process and then see how – NFL players carry themselves because going from college, college, as we know, partying, um, all sorts of things uh, happening at college. Um, NFL is straight, straight business. You have to dedicate yourself to the, to the, to the job, especially at the quarterback position in order to get, be successful at that level. Yep. Yep. Um, great question. Thank you for sending that in. Uh, I think we're all kind of intrigued to see how that plays out. Um, but transitioning perfectly, Jeff mentioned, uh, episode two of Hard Knocks. What was your take? What did what stood out? Um, what did you think was was interesting from this week's episode? Well, Zach Wilson was a big part of it. Uh, I already touched up a little bit on that. Um, besides that, they dwelled into a little bit on your rookie uh, defensive end, Will McDonald. Um, he got a sack on, on that previous uh, preseason game. So, and a lot of hype surrounding him, uh, according to the dialogue. So, we'll see how he transitions. Aaron Rodgers. Um, he, <laughs> he still got it on the play fakes. Oh yeah, uh, oh, yeah. That, that was so interesting. Oh yeah, oh yeah. For those for those uh, who didn't watch, they did a segment in the quarterback room where they were basically they had two clips side by side, and they were l- essentially the same exact play, but one was a play action fake and one was actually a run. run. And so the coach, it was the three three or four quarterbacks in the room. The coach, you know, would freeze it at the same time where it was either going to be a handoff or a play fake. And, and had everybody choose, um, except for Rodgers, because I think they were all of him. Yeah, that's what I would have um, loved to see, if yeah. Rodgers analyzing yeah. Zach Wilson and, and Tim Boyle, I believe, yep, the yep, quarterback. Yes, yep. yep. And uh, I tell you what, they were wrong more often than not. Oh, yeah. Um, so that just shows how good, to your point, how good he is. Um, yep. Yeah, anything else? Uh, besides <laughs> that, <laughs> obviously you got your scrimmage, your scrim- scrimmages over there. Yeah. Um, they were playing against the Carolina. Carolina, yeah. Bryce Young made a, a few appearances there. Um, I would have loved to see a lot more of, of that whole action rather than um, 
just straight uh, sideline talk yeah. with the Jets. But it is what it is. You can't show too much, I'm, I'm assuming, per NFL rules. And that's fine at all. But um, for me, it, it was a great episode. Um, I enjoyed it. What you, what you yeah, I enjoyed it? it much more than episode one, right? I thought episode one was all the fluff and the excitement around Aaron Rodgers, and mm-hmm. there really wasn't any detail to it at all. Um, I felt like episode two, you got more into the nitty gritty, like the details. Um, to your point, I think Will McDonald is going to be a stud. Um, I think Joe Douglas, that's just another example of him hitting the lottery in his draft picks. <laughs> um, he's He's done a phenomenal job so far, and I think that he's going to prove to be the same. Um, the big thing for me the big clip that everybody I seems to seem to be talking about on Twitter and everything after the episode aired was the clip of Robert Sala just laying into the offensive line. Uh, yes. um, that to me, I loved to see that. I, I, you know, <laughs> I was watching it with my wife, Christine. She's like, Oh, that's so sad. And I'm like, no, I love that. I like, I wanted to stand up and high five them because like uh-huh. everybody knows that's the biggest question mark for the jets going into this season. Mm-hmm. They have the talent everywhere else. And, and he even said it, he, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he said something to the effect of, you know, we only go as far as the big boys take us or it's time for the big boys up front to step up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they had a, a terrible couple practices that showed where Rodgers was just getting sacked time after time after time. Oh, yeah. Um, and <clears throat> they struggled against Carolina's uh, defense in, pra- in joint practices. And so I really loved to see that side of Robert Sala because you never see that. Um, he's, you know, he's, sometimes criticizes being not vocal enough or not, you know, too much of a, of a coach's a player's coach, whatever. Well, he really showed you that that is a different side of him in that pep talk. And I mean, not for nothing, you know, it's preseason. You can't put too much stake in it, but um, that game against Carolina, their offensive line went out and showed out. They played great. Um, so I, I, that was the biggest takeaway was that scene for me where he, you know, basically let them know that what they're doing is not good enough. Right. And um, they need to step it up. So right. um, yeah, I, he, he put that offense on blast he really real did. quick. He really did. And, <laughs> and, you know, I was listening to, obviously I listen to ESPN radio all the time and they were, you know, analyzing the episode kind of like we are now. Um, and, you know, it was from a former player's perspective. And he said, it's one thing to get called out, um, you know, in the media or whatever, or, or, or pulled off to the side. It's another thing to get called out in that setting in your locker room with your entire team around mm-hmm. and basically told that like your whole um, group position group is not doing well enough. Right. Um, he said, that's a whole different sort of sort of situation. So I loved it. Um, and I hope, I hope there's more of that um, because it, I think it really lit. I mean, how could it not light a fire in you um, Accountability. as, as a player? Yeah. So um Really enjoyed the episode. Like I said, I thought it was a lot more detailed than episode one, so I enjoyed that. It's funny. I, I was talking to, to my wife, Christy, about it, and I said, I really, basically what I just told you, I really enjoyed it. I thought there was a lot more detail, mm-hmm. uh, a lot more actual football stuff. And she goes, oh, maybe that's why I thought that it was so boring. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I really liked wow. episode one, wow. but I thought episode two was boring. I just thought that was funny from a, from a different uh, change of perspective. Right. Um, but, yeah, so. Um, really looking forward to episode three, as I, you know, you and I talked about earlier, um, you know, because from the sounds of it, the Jets and the Bucks were doing joint practices this week and, and got into some some pretty good scraps. So I can't really I can't wait to see coach the got injured. That's yeah, coach got injured sent to the hospital. So we'll see what they end up showing on hard knocks and we'll we'll do that review next week. But right. um, speaking of the Panthers, we'll kind of dive in um, this week. Um, episode two, we're doing a review of the AFC and the NFC South. Same as last week, right? We'll go through the teams, kind of what we're looking for, who who we think is going to stand out, 
and then we'll go through it from a from a fantasy perspective as well. So um, we'll start on the AFC side um, in no particular order um, with the Tennessee Titans. Kind of give me your thoughts there and, and what you're what you're looking at with them this year. So with Tennessee, uh, like it has been the past few years, it starts and ends with Derrick Henry and that offensive line. That's their identity. They're ground and pound. Um, the problem is, <laughs> after so many years of running Derrick Henry into the ground, how much does he have left in the tank? Yep. Um, it's it's. I think last year he was injured. Uh, was he injured quite a bit uh, last year? Uh, you got that offensive line. Always going through changes. I think they drafted a first-round tackle um, this year, so we'll see how how much that fluctuates. Ryan Danhill still there. We'll see if they open the playbook a little bit more for him, if especially with D Hop there, DeAndre Hopkins. You'd hope the passing game will evolve or take the next step with yeah. DeAndre Hopkins there, but with Tennessee, it's always feels like it's the passing game never truly translates into what it should hope to be. Um, so from there, there they just seem to like tread water at all times. I'm obviously as a Tennessee fan for Tennessee fans out there, you hope Ryan Hill can take a step in the right direction. Just have a career year of some sort. Yeah. Uh, Derek Henry has one last hoorah before he, <laughs> he starts showing that, that wear and tear and defense holds up. So, um, but for me, um, they'll be about middle of the pack in the, in the AFC altogether. Yeah. It's funny. You know, I feel like people forget. And, and I honestly forgot when I was researching them, this, you know, kind of doing my homework for this week, they were seven and three at one point last season. And right. then they lost every single, they lost the last eight or seven or eight games to end the season. And so people, you know, I kind of forgot that, Hey, they were in that spot where they were the top tier AFC team at one point. And then to your point, they got decimated by injuries. They lost Tannehill. I think they lost Derrick Henry for a period of time. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'll be curious to see. I actually wrote down, um, I, I, and this is, you know, they're the most boring good team. <laughs> like, I feel like they're, they're always good. They're always solid, but they do nothing flashy. No. Right? They're the hard-nosed, gritty, defensive, run-the-football type team. Um, and so I feel like a lot of times because they have that style of play, they get forgotten about. Oh, yeah. Um, they always try to outwork you rather than out-talent you. And, and it works most of the time. It makes you a good team. And I think that's a direct reflection of, of Mike, Ray, Mike Vrabel. Excuse me. Right. I think he's just that type of guy. Oh, yeah. Um, and they they really do good do a good job of emulating him. But um, I'm very curious to see the impact that DeAndre Hopkins can have on this team. Obviously he's shown with all of the quarterbacks that he's caught passes from that he does not need a top tier quarterback ah. to put up numbers. Yeah. And you know, Tannehill is serviceable, right? He's no slouch. He's, I would say he's kind of middle of the pack as far as overall quarterback. He's been consistent um, for all of his career. He's very consistent. Yep. I will say that I think a big storyline for the Titans, at least in my mind, is does Tannehill play the whole season, mm -hmm. right? Because you think they got Malik Willis behind him, who they drafted uh, last year or the year before, and then they just this year drafted Will Levis from um, Kentucky. Kentucky. So they got some guys behind him anxiously waiting for him to slip up at all, right. whether that's performance or injury or whatever. Um, I will, Me personally, I'll be surprised if Tannehill is the quarterback to end the season. Um I just don't see that happening. I think they have too much going on behind them. Um, to your point, I don't think that they're necessarily going to be competing for a division title. Um, I think, I, I, I don't know. I think they're going to kind of be, 
I don't want to say below average, probably average this year is where I have them. Um, but I'm curious. I, you know, I think, I think that, um, it's going to be an interesting, an interesting year for them, potentially a modified rebuild, maybe not a full rebuild. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think, I think it's going to be a different year than they're used to. Right. Um, let's go to the Colts. The Colts have a, have a big year. I, I was, I was, uh, I received a text this year from one of my, one of my really good buddies, Wes, um, shout out Wes, who's a diehard Colts fan in, in Indy. And he knew we were doing the, the AFC and the NFC South this week. And yeah. he, and he uh-huh. said, uh, quote, go, go easy on my Colts. Go easy. So, uh, we'll keep that in mind. No, uh, <laughs> I don't think <laughs> sorry, I can. Wes, no. no. Um, I don't know you, Wes, uh, but you're not going to like it. <laughs> so give me your thoughts on the Colts. Um, the Colts, I, I don't see bright things happening this year. Um, they got they drafted Anthony Richardson, um, fourth overall, I believe, this past draft. So at least they have someone there. Um, obviously, you have the Jonathan Taylor situation, which yeah. is the biggest headline there. Yeah, for um, sure. But at the same time, how I talked about it last week with Austin Eckler. How much is Jonathan Taylor going to put out there for uh, an organization that he doesn't believe they're trying to pay him or, or pay him what he's worth. And basically whatnot. said they won't pay him. Yeah. Basically said that if he were to never play in the NFL again, that he'd be forgotten about. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, those that's are, rough. That's crazy. That's we can rough get into that me. later, but uh, can, you know, go ahead. That's your all pro running back. Yeah. That, that's basically the face of your franchise right yeah. now. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I, I just can't see anywhere or any shape or form that the Colts team is going to go out there and give it their all for that organization right now, this year, at least Um, they're going to have to rebuild quite a few uh, things, offensive line, defensive uh, identity. They got, they brought in a new coach. See Shane Shane Steichen Steichen from from Philadelphia. Uh, We'll see how he's more offensive minded and worked with Jalen hurts. So we'll see if he can transition some of that uh, success with Jalen hurts to Anthony Richardson. But then they're going to need a lot of pieces to to build around Anthony Richardson before they're ready to contend. Um, and, and personally, it starts with your offensive line. I always believe it starts with your lines, and then from there we'll see if Jonathan Taylor gets paid or if they let him go or see what direction they go with, with the running backs. And then wide receivers, they got Michael Pittman Jr. on one side, and then uh, I can't even name who, who the second one is. Yeah. So unfortunately, they. I think it's going to be a tough sledding this year. And um, yeah, I, I think, I think this year is going to be all about deciding is Anthony Richardson, that guy, right. Right. I, and putting him in the best position I've heard. I can't remember a time where I've heard such conflicting things on a player or on a prospect. Right. I hear um, he was a horrible, like he, he, he played horrible in college. Why, you know, I, I was listening again to ESPN radio and, and there was some guy saying basically like he, he doesn't understand how he got drafted fourth because um, he didn't even play that well in college. Right. And then I hear on the other side of the spectrum that, you know, he's a physical freak. He dominated the combine. He, you know, the Colts hit a home run and this guy has, has a, has a chance to just be downright special. Um, and so it's like, man, like, like what, it, what's, what's going to happen here? So it's like, it's just, you know, two, two totally different storylines. So I think that that is what I'm most interested in with the Colts is in, mm-hmm. you know, you hear, I heard comparisons to Donovan McNabb. I've heard a better arm than Josh Allen. I've heard, you know, obviously I think he's like 240 pounds right now, but can run a four, four, um, which is, which is crazy. If that, you know, if, if 
you know, and that Wait, kind of explains why he got drafted fourth. But I heard something today where, you know, everybody said that Josh Allen didn't have enough um, experience coming out of coming out of college. He had um, just over 700 total attempts in college. Mm-hmm. Richardson had just over 300 attempts. So you talk about lack of experience. I feel like that is where you're obviously going to have a lot of growing pains. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I think that it's exciting for the Colts and Colts fans in the sense that, okay, did we get our guy? Like, are we going to be set up for the next 10 years? Um, but I don't know how many wins that's going to translate to this year. Right. So and this is part of the whole argument with um, young quarterbacks coming in. You come in and you don't have a complete roster built around this young quarterback. Yeah, you're you're setting them up for failure, and you're and this is why Anthony Richardson. I I hope he does well, but at the same time, I, I give him a couple of years before making any judgments on him. If if this year's a flop, work on him over another offseason and and give him another try next year. You can't go in drafting another quarterback high um, next year. Build and get an offensive tackle, offensive guard, center. Just build your offensive line, get talent around him, and and see how he does with a, a better roster. Um, but yeah, Anthony Richardson has all the talent in the world. We'll see how that translates with the Steichen. Yep, yep, agreed. Uh, so we'll move on to the Texans. What do you what are you looking for with the Texans? Texans. Um, I'm hoping they they take. Step in the right direction because that franchise needs it in the worst way. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> um, they've talk about falling off a cliff after getting rid of um, Wat- Watson. Watson, yep. Um, I mean, my goodness, yep. That, that whole debacle and then trading him, trading him away to Cleveland. They, they got their their guy, their guy in CJ Stroud. Yep. Um, they traded up <laughs> for the pick after that yeah. with the Cardinals to get um, Will Anderson. Will yeah. Anderson. Yep. Uh, so, new coach Danico Ryan's. Danico Ryan's, he's been on the radar for quite a quite a couple of years. Quite a while, yeah. Yep, for from the 49ers. former Texan as a player. Yep, right. So, so to me, they're going to come in with a new new identity. They're going to come in very youthful. They made a lot of offseason signings. Dalton Schultz, um, sneaky Robert Woods. Yeah, um, they they extended Tunsil. Offense tackle there, yep. so yep. they have a lot of good things happening for them. Um, they paid a king's ransom to the Cardinals for the for that Will Anderson pick. Yeah, they did. Um, so they're hoping that hits in a big way. Yep. And personally, I think it will. I'm I'm high on Anderson and C.J. Stroud. So to me, I think the Texans will be a lot better than what a lot of people will uh, assume or jump in the gun to to predict. Um, I believe in the Texans. I believe in the plans. I believe in D'Amico Ryans. And uh, I just don't see um, them taking even further a further step back because there's not really many step back yeah. step backs that uh, you can take uh, from where they were at. Yeah, I'm I'm with you with pretty much everything you just said. I I think that I wrote down D'Amico Ryans is that guy. I think that he <laughs> he has that mentality that that guys love to love to play for. Um, you know. He, he came from San Francisco as a defensive coordinator, and he was prior to that. He, you know, Robert Sala was there too, and they both mm-hmm. are kind of similar, very, um, you know, boisterous on the sidelines. We'll, we'll, we'll yell for you, cheer for you, know exactly how you're, how you're thinking or how they're feeling. And, and I think that goes a long way with the players. Um, I, I have high hopes for CJ Stroud. I think it's kind of similar in the sense with Anthony Richardson, maybe not this year, mm-hmm. um, but I think that Stroud, 
you know, the way he carries himself, what I saw from him in college at Ohio State, um, I think that that can definitely translate. I think that, you know, Dalton Schultz could be a sneaky big um, help for him this year. I mean, what did you say um, prior to the show when we were talking about tight ends? Um, they're the rookie, <laughs> a rookie quarterback's best friend. A young quarterback's best friend yeah. is always his tight end. <clears throat> and I think that, I mean, obviously Dalton Schultz, you know, he big signing. He, he balled out in Dallas. Yep. And so I think that he could have a, a sneaky big impact um, with Houston. Um, again, this year, I think, I mean, it, as far as improvement or a good year, I'm, I mean, six or seven wins, I think would be, Bank they would, they would be, they would be happy with that in the front office. Maybe not as fans, but right. I mean, when you're coming off a of three, three, three or four wins multiple years in a row. Yeah. Um, I think that that would be a huge jump and a sign that they're, that they're moving in the right direction. So um, I'm excited to see where the Texans go. Um, we'll round out the division with the Jaguars division champs last year. Well, it's their division to lose, in my opinion. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, year three, um, <laughs> obviously had a great year last year after the whole Urban Meyer uh, fiasco that first year in his rookie year. But he's got his footing now. He's got offensive weapons around him uh, all over the place. They're, to me, they're they're the way they're going to be the the pinnacle of of that division for quite a while in my opinion um they lost a couple pieces right there in the offensive line Jawan uh taylor i think blue uh, signed with kansas city tackle cam robinson's suspended for for peds for the first four games i believe um oh they drafted a tackle in the first round but um to me they it'll all make make up for it and they got the pieces around them i think i'm very high on the jags this year yeah i think that you said it perfectly right it's their division to lose i think that they kind of came out of nowhere last year um not a lot of people i don't know of anybody who thought that the jags were going to win the division last year <laughs> no um and i think that they're only going to improve offensively i mean you talk you talk about calvin ridley that that trade last year i mean it could potentially go down as one of the sneaky best trades in the in the history of the trade deadline Absolutely. right i mean you trade for a guy who's who's currently suspended for the whole year um, and then, you know, knowing what he could bring you the following year, yep. I think that that's going to be huge. I think that, you know, we talk about Trevor Lawrence year three is where they really, you know, with, with the uh, quarterback's progression year three is really where you're expected to make that jump. Mm -hmm. Um, I think maybe he kind of, he kind of, you know, expedited that a little bit last year. I mean, he made a lot of improvements last year. For sure. Um, so I think if you talk about making a jump again this year, that could mean some scary things for the NFL, for the rest of the NFL. I think that he could be uh, potentially, you know, we're talking about one of the faces of, of the NFL coming up pretty soon. Um, I think, you know, um, so I think one of the one of the one of the sneaky things that I'm looking for this year with the Jags is Travis Etienne. Um, I think that that guy's a stud. Um, he he already had a he had a great year last year. Yep. Um, and I think that when you add Calvin Ridley, the threat to pass, um, I think that Trav the ETN, you know, he's one of those three down guys that can catch the ball also. Mm -hmm. And so I think that makes him a huge threat. I think, I, I mean, I, I think Doug Peterson is a phenomenal coach. I mean, you saw him do it in Philly and now you're already after one year, the impact that he made there. Um, I'm excited to see what they do this year. So, um, I think that we're on the same page with the Jags. I think they're, <clears throat> excuse me, they're sitting in a good spot going into this year well absolutely oh speaking of last year acquirements from the jags yep. christian kirk another year yeah another year in that system yeah. with trevor lawrence building that connection and <laughs> i i've seen some film from trevor lawrence during the preseason 
and he's been making his reads really, really well. You know, it's so funny. It's so funny about Christian Kirk. I, you know, we can talk about this a little bit later, but I feel like when he got that massive contract from them, yeah, no one everybody was like, what, <laughs> what are, are the Jags doing? Throwing what, where did that even come from? And he had a great year last year. Yep, I, he he, he was a huge part of their success. And I think he could, I mean, you'll talk about it a little bit later, but I think he's primed for an even bigger year this year. So that's a great, a great call out. Mm-hmm. All right. So we'll transition to the NFC South and we'll start with the Carolina Panthers. What are you, what are you looking for there? Obviously a lot of, a lot of storylines with them. Yes. They're, they're another team just like Houston. A lot of youth coming in. Yeah. Um, you got Bryce Young uh, taking first overall. Carolina traded up for him. Um, obviously that's their guy and that will be their guy for quite a while. Uh, <laughs> but same with Hughes, uh, same with Indianapolis. They need to make sure they build a, a roster around them that yep. be, that befits um, a number one overall pick and to match their potential uh, and their talent. Um, I know they, they made a lot of offseason acquisitions, uh, especially on the defensive side. Uh, Shy Tuttle, uh, former Saint. <laughs> yep. Shout out, former Saints. Um, but it just all depends on how, um, I guess, Bryce Young comes out and and gets a feel for that offense as much as possible as soon as possible. I know a lot of people have Carolina up, up top on their on their NFC South division uh, rankings because I'll I'll be the first to admit that division is not not powerful. Um, hasn't been at least. It hasn't yeah. been in, in the, the chance the to be better this year. I think absolutely. Right? But everybody yeah. made improvements. Everybody made signings, and there's a youth movement going on in quite a few franchises and in, in that division. Um, but in terms of the Panthers. They will be there. I just don't think it'll be this year. Yeah, I think when you talk about rookie quarterbacks, I think there's less of a question mark with Bryce Young, right? I think. Oh, I think for the most part, everybody can agree that you know he's the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that he's going to be a stud mm-hmm. um, for a long, a long, long time. I will say he looks tiny. <laughs> oh my goodness! I was watching the game last last week, um, preseason game against the Jets, and he just looks like a boy. Amongst men, is he is listed like five ten? Just or something? based off of his stature, man, he is so tiny. So I think that is, you know, obviously one thing that he might have going against him. I think the other thing, just now, I'll preface this with: it's preseason. You can't put too much, you know, emphasis on what you see, right? But from last night's game against the Giants and last week's game against the Jets, I think that the Panthers could have a huge problem at offensive line. Oh, absolutely. Um, both. Both games, Bryce Young was running for his life. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about last week, the Jets dominated both up front um, defensively and offensively. Um, and so I think that that's where he could potentially, um, you know, be sped up as far as his timing, his reads, running for his life. Um, so I think that I'm a little concerned for him from that aspect. But they definitely, you know, again, watching, and I didn't realize this until I was watching the game last week. They went out and they put, they tried their best to put some pieces around him. They, mm-hmm. they signed Adam Thielen from the Vikings. Yeah, that's he's, a great signing. He's a, it's a great signing. He's like that safety net guy. You know, he's going to run a, a six yard out and be right yeah, there. Yeah, and that you. guy, he's he's sitting it all in terms of defense of what they're trying to do to him. Yep. And for a young quarterback, he, he can relay what he's seeing out there. And he'll be a great mentor for Bryce. Yep. Miles Sanders, they signed him at running back. Mm-hmm. Um, Hayden Hurst at tight end. So. Yep. They did. They did a good job of putting some weapons around him, and then obviously Frank Wright coming over from from Indianapolis. Um, I think that he could have a, a, a huge impact 
on on the development um, in a positive way for Bryce Young. So a lot of things happening there. Again, I think you and I are both on the same page. We're not as high on them this year, right? Um, as as some people are, but I think that they're they have a bright bright future. Oh, absolutely. Um, Falcons, Atlanta Falcons. What are you thinking there? Falcons. Uh, well, I, I like I like their offense. I really like their offense. Des- Desmond Ritter. I. I'm expecting him to make that second year jump. I know he, he has his problems, his his up and downs. And he only uh, played a couple games yeah, last year. I believe yeah. it was like four. Yeah. Um, but to me, he at least showed the resilience and the courage to throw the ball, at least to fling it uh, somewhat. Drake London, Kyle Pitts before he got injured. Um, at least he 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 wants to throw the ball. He's not he's, he's not a run first quarterback. It's first sign of trouble. Yeah. First read, it's not there take off and run with the ball. Uh, to me, Desmond Ritter, I, I think if he gets the offensive flow going, he can be a really decent quarterback in this league. Um, obviously, you have the other pieces around him. Drake London, Kyle Pitts is, is still there. He's coming off a MCL injury. Um, you know, we'll see how, how he looks week one. Uh, he should be recovered by then. But And then you got their top overall draft pick last year, Bijan Bijan Robinson. Robinson. Yeah. A lot of people have high hopes for him. Very electrifying is what I've been hearing from, from camp. So we'll see how they, how they go about their offensive flow, whether it's a run heavy or a pass heavy, or I'm assuming run heavy. Um, But they have, I believe the offensive line to do it and the running back now to do it. So defensive side, We'll see how how that happens, but I'm not too high on their defense this year. They made quite a few acquisitions back there as well, but um, I say just give it another year on that defense, uh, give uh, a little bit of a youth movement go going into next year, and we'll see how how they uh, fare better next year. Yeah, and they did a lot in the off season, oh, yeah. both drafting and with free agency for that defense which I think is something that they needed. They've always, uh, you know, you spoke to their offense. They've always, they've had the weapons the last few years, but they haven't had the defense to stop a nosebleed. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year, I think that that's going to be a little different. Um, obviously, Bijan Robinson looks like he's going to be special. I mean, his first run last night <laughs> was like this 12-yard run where he's spinning and running over people and just kind of showcasing everything that he's yep. about. And so I think that he's going to be special. Obviously, we have Kyle Pitts. You have Drake London. My thing with the Falcons, I don't, I don't, I haven't seen enough from Desmond Ritter right. to trust that he's going to be able to handle that offense. Right. Um, I mean, you know, I feel like he had one year in Cincinnati when you know, coming out of college where he really uh, put himself on the radar. And then obviously he only played the last handful of games last year. So I haven't seen a big enough sample size myself right. to say that I feel confident in them this year. Um, but I think that they obviously it's not going to be for lack of weapons, right? They, oh, absolutely. They, <laughs> they have the offense. Oh, and, and you know, we're forgetting about the, the Swiss Army knife that is Cordero Patterson. Um, he's still there too. <laughs> um, so he's a special, special talent. Shout, uh, shout out fantasy football, um, Cordero Patterson. <laughs> Gave you quite um, a few. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A good season there. Um, so he yeah, he single handedly took me to the playoffs, I think it was last year or so <laughs> or the year before. Um, so shout out, shout out Cordero. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 hesitant on the Falcons. I know you're you're high on them. I I just I have to see a little bit more from Ritter right. um, before I get to that point. So, um, 
understandable. Yep. Yep. So and the next one you and I are very different on, which I think is, is always good for, for conversation. Right. Um, and that's the Tampa Bay bucks. I I'll kind of go first um, on this one. I have always loved Baker Mayfield coming out of Oklahoma. I'm the biggest Baker fan. Obviously he fell on his face in Cleveland. Yes. Um, I think he was humbled. I think it's what he needed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, and this is really his second chance and probably his last chance to, to be that guy. Right. Um, so I, I think that he's coming in and he still has the weapons around. You think about Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, he's got some dudes to throw to, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously, I think that Todd Bowles is a good coach. I don't think that he's, you know, obviously he's a defensive guy, um, right? But we'll see. We'll see what that offense looks like. I have high hopes for the Bucks this year, um, whereas you, I think, you know, have them finish, not so high. not so high. <laughs> so um, I think that they have a chance to be really good. Obviously, this is life without Tom Brady, right? It's uncharted territory, um, so it's going to be a little bit of a step down um, because obviously Baker Mayfield does know Tom Brady, but. I think that they have the opportunity. He kind of has the opportunity to slide in and, at, you know, be that middle tier, you know, eight, nine win team, mm-hmm. maybe fighting for a wild card spot. You know, um, I don't think that they're going to be fighting for the division necessarily. Um, right. But I have I, me personally, I think that they could still be a halfway decent team. Whereas go ahead and you, you disagree. <laughs> well, they got rid of a lot of, uh, Elder players there, Leonard Burnett's not there anymore. Tom Brady retired, obviously, and along with every numerous other players, they're definitely going useful on that football team. I reflect them with the Rams of the NFC West. You, yeah. They and they had Stafford, Cup, and Donald, and but yet they they had a lot of players who were 15 draft picks, I believe they had. So this is something along the lines with what the Bucks are doing. You got Mike Evans. You got Chris Godwin. Um, you, you got some pieces there that have been there a while, some veterans. But at the same time, I don't believe Baker Mayfield is the answer. I, I didn't believe that when he went number one overall to Cleveland. I wanted the Jets to draft him so bad that <laughs> year. So bad. Well, be glad you didn't. Yeah. Um, I, know, I know you showcased some stuff, some good stuff in L.A. last year when Stafford was down. But at the same time, uh, I – his competition in Tampa Bay is Kyle Trask, and no, or no, no offense to Kyle Trask, but it's not Tom yeah. Brady or any, anybody who's going to hold you uh, to a high level of uh, expectations. So Baker Mayfield, he's got that experience, and uh, I, th- I think he'll come in and, and settle the offense for what it's worth. But um, I just don't see that team being that good, or, or anywhere even close to second or even third in this division. Um, I think it'll take a while for them to go full-fledged uh, rebuild. And when they do, that's when you start seeing some bright spots coming out of that. Uh, team. Yeah, so we'll see. We're obviously on two separate radars there with the Bucks, So right. that'll be an interesting one to kind of circle back after the year and see which of us, which one of us was uh, was More spot clo- on. was closer there. Right. So um, last but not least, I'm sh- I know you're most excited about this. Uh, the New Orleans Saints. So I'll, I'll right. let you I'll let you kick it off with what what you think. Well, the Saints—they've uh, been my team. I explained why they were my team last last episode. But um, coming in this year, we got a quarterback, Derek Carr. That's the biggest uh, storyline going into the season. Is Derek Carr? How's he going to look? Is he going to take that step forward that he—that's evaded him in in Vegas or in, in Oakland for the before they moved yeah. to Vegas? Yeah. Um, but 
I believe in Derek Carr. I think he, I, I've always loved Derek Carr. I've been a big Derek Carr fan for a very long time. He's a I good think, dude. I, he's a very good dude. Yeah. I just think he's been put in very harsh situations with with Vegas, Oakland, um, with the Raiders. Uh, we'll go with that. But um, to me, I think this is his. This is going to be his baby. This is going to be his chance. This is going to be his yep. how how he carries himself. This is going to be true Derek Carr. How how. I believed I've been seeing him for the past few years. Um, obviously, you got Kamara at running back. Uh, he's suspended for the first three games for for beating up a guy. <laughs> bar fight, right? Bar Isn't fight, bar fight. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think in Vegas, so <laughs> yeah. Vegas that doesn't lead to good things. So, um, but they signed um, Jamal Williams, uh, yeah. <laughs> touchdown leader yeah. last year in the NFL. Yep. Goal Allison. line, yep. Goal line threat, uh, the vulture. Yeah. Yep. Um, they drafted a running back, Andre Miller. Um, he should be ready for week one. I know he got a, a sprain in his MCL, I believe, during the preseason, but he should be ready week one. Um, and then Michael Thomas, he's back. Um, hopefully, you get a full, <laughs> healthy season out of yeah. him. It's been a very long time since he's got he made it through a season fully healthy. I, I honestly can't even remember the last time he made it through a season fully healthy. I think it was that offensive player of the year uh, year that he had. Back in 2019, I believe, but you got him, you got Chris Olave, and the, on the other side of the of the formation, and then you got uh, Rashid Sahid, which is going to be their slot guy. He's in punt returner, uh, presumably. So offensive line is also rebuilt a little bit. Um, they had a last last year's uh, first round draft pick. He's going to step in left tackle, and we'll see. I've heard he's a very mean guy. And he starts a lot of fights, a lot oh. of scrums. You need um, one of those on every team. Oh, absolutely. Every he, team has to have that guy. Yep, and he's going to be that guy. So he's. <laughs> we'll see how many, uh, I guess, personal misconduct penalties <laughs> he'll have this year. I'm hoping he keeps that limited, but I, I see. I, I'm hoping for great things from him. And then on the defensive side, um, you, you got Lattimore, Marcus May, Tyron Matthew. Shout out Marcus May. <laughs> Marcus May, former, former Jet. Jet. That's right. And they rebuilt their whole uh, defensive line. Um, they lost quite a few pieces besides Cameron Jordan, but drafted um, but defensive tackle. They still have Davis, middle linebacker. And they still have Demario Davis. Demario Davis, I Over love that guy. Yep. Jets should have never let him go. He's a beast. <laughs> he's, he's still there. Beast. Yep, he's he's the heart and soul of that defense too. Yep. So they have their their pieces there in Cameron Jordan, Demario Davis, who have been in that defense for quite a while. Yeah. So uh, Dennis Allen, what's Dennis his Allen, second year as head coach. Some continuity there yep. uh, after Sean Payton, and he was def- defensive coordinator for a couple of years before Sean Payton took off. But um, I, uh, like I said, I, I see very little to not like uh, in terms of what the Saints are doing. Um, obviously, you would have hoped they they found a, y- a younger quarterback for to replace Drew Brees, but obviously that didn't happen. And this whole Derek Carr situation was was a blessing for both Derek Carr and the Saints. Hopefully, yeah. Um, so we'll leave it to you. Yeah, I, I I think I have the Saints not only winning that division, but I have them, you know, t- one, being one of the top seeds in the NFC. I think that they have a chance to be scary good, mm-hmm. um, not only because I think Derek Carr was one of the missing pieces for that team, but we they're in a not great division right? to where, you know, you got to play the other teams that we just talked about six times. Um, you know, that should be, what, five or six wins. I mean, and realistically, I think that, Chris Olave is going to be a stud this year. 
Um, I think that him and Derek Carr are going to have a huge connection. I'm not in on Michael Thomas like you are, just because you got to show me that you can you can finish the season healthy. Right. Um, obviously, you know Kamara being suspended the first three games that'll that'll hurt. But I think they have enough talent to um, to to kind of get past that. Right. Um, I just I, we already talked about it. Football aside, I love Derek Carr as a as a guy. He's just a good guy. Um, but I also think that he can sling it. You know, he was oh, obviously absolutely. if the Jets hadn't gotten Aaron Rodgers, that's who I wanted them to go after was Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. Um, he's easy to root for, and I think that he never got a fair fair shake in Vegas slash Oakland. Right. Um, so I think that he, you know, kind of similar to Aaron Rodgers, kind of has ha, going to have a chip on their shoulder this year, like something to prove, mm-hmm. like hey, look what you missed out on. Right. Um, so I think that that could potentially go a long way, and I again I think that. They have a. They already have a good defense. Um, you know, I think they're going to continue to be dominant, and I think that they they're, they're going to be one of the teams um, in the NFC this year. So I, I'm excited for you as a fan, hey, um, because I think right. I think for both of us it should be a good year, hopefully. Right. So, um, all right, that is our review of each team. So we're going to go back and we're going to do our divisional predictions. Obviously, again, we're writing all these down. We're saving them. So that at the end of the year, we can go back on, on one of our last episodes and either talk about how smart we were or how stupid we were. <laughs> Catch um, the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I'll go first. We'll do the AFC South. Um, I have obviously the Jags. We talked about that. The Jags winning the division. Um, I have the Titans finishing in second, the Colts third, and the Texans rounding rounding out the division. Um, go ahead. Do you want to talk about your picks? Yeah, I got same top two. Jags first, uh, Titans second. And then I flip-flop uh, third and fourth place. I, I Texans, I think they just have a lot more potential than the Colts do. Um, so I got Colts in the basement of the AFC South. Yeah, and I think that that's that's a you can make that argument for either of those, right? The Texans or the Colts. I think it's um, both of them are. We kind of already talked about it. But they're both rebuilding, kind Absolutely. of examining their quarterbacks and seeing seeing where they're gonna where they're gonna go, where they're gonna head. So right. NFC South, we are you know I just talked about it. I have the Saints winning that division, and and to be honest, winning it easily. Um, I don't really think that it's going to be a competition. <laughs> Um, I know all three of the other teams have done things to hopefully make themselves more competitive than last year. Mm. Um, obviously, um, the Bucks won. Were they 500 last year? They won the division. Yeah, I think I they think were they one were game, one game under 500. Um, so there were. Uh, there's only room for growth as a whole in this division. Um, but I think it's going to be the Saints. Um, you know, pretty easily. Um, so I have the Saints. I have the Bucks finishing second. Uh, I think that they still have some talent there to be competitive. Um, and they have a lot of guys on that team who have been there before who know how to win. Right. And I think that, that goes a long way where the Panthers and Falcons are young and they have to figure that out. We kind of talked about that last week, right? Fin- mm-hmm. Learning how to win is part of being a good football team. Right. Um, so I have the Panthers finishing third and then the Falcons in the basement. Um, again, that just kind of goes back to what I talked about with Desmond Ritter and just not not knowing enough about him, not seeing enough yet mm-hmm. to know that he if he can if he can lead that team. Right. So for me, I got the Saints up top. Uh, I think we're in complete agreement there. Uh, I got the Falcons in second over the Bucks. I can't wait to review this <laughs> week. I can't. Re- I can't wait to review this at the it end is, of the season to see know, which one of us was the Falcons, the yeah, Bucks. Yeah, because we Falcons have them. and the Bucks. We have a flip flop. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, I, I I like Desmond Ritter. I I thought he showed a lot of promise last year. So I'm hoping a full off season of knowing you're the guy yeah. is going to carry him into this into the season and and lead him to. Not maybe not a great great season, but at least something promising to to lead him into year year three of his uh, of his reign there. 
Um, and then third, I got the Panthers. Bryce Young should. Um, I believe in Bryce Young. I believe he he's going to be a really good quarterback for a really long time. Yep, I um, agree. It, it just depends on how how much uh, talent and <laughs> an overall skill you're going to have around you. Um, I, I think you got DJ Chark as your number one there. That's a little rough, um, but yeah, we'll see there. And then running out the NFC South, I got the Bucks. <laughs> Uh, we'll go back and we'll, 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 the we'll put bucks. these clips together and see which one of us looks bad <laughs> yeah. um, at the end of the season because one of us is going to look bad. Oh, and that's fine. So that's what this is This is all about. Absolutely. So, All right, so those are our predictions. Write them down. They're saved, and we'll go back to them at the end of the year. Um, before we end the show, we're going to – obviously, we, we said we're going to incorporate fantasy football into this podcast every week. Um, and so this week we want to we want to highlight some players from these divisions that we – um, that we have our eye on for one reason or another. So we're going to do the um, same thing we did last week, right? So our must-have player, the player that you have at the top of your list, um, your stay-away player, someone that you think is, you know, maybe not going to have a good year. That, that <laughs> Don't people, draft them. Yeah, stay away. <laughs> Don't draft them. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, um, your sleeper pick. And so for those who may not be familiar with the sleeper term, this is someone who is just under the radar, you know, really has no expectations, um, but you think could potentially have a huge year, uh-huh. right? Um, your sleeper pick. So um, I'll let you. I'll let you start. Okay. So for the AFC South, I got my must-have is Trevor Lawrence. I think he, like I said, it's going to be the Jags' uh, divisional lose. Yep. Unlike last week, where I I had the Seahawks winning the NFC West, and I said don't draft Geno Smith, even though it's good, it's going to be a great team. Yep. Uh, no, for here, it's a different situation. This offense is built around Trevor Lawrence. He's going to spread it out to Calvin Ridley now. He's back from suspension. Uh, Christian Kirk, another year in that system. And then you got Travis Etienne um, right there in the running back position. I think you have way too many skilled players there for Trevor Lawrence to not be, uh, in my estimation, a top five quarterback um, uh, scoring points um, from there overall. And then stay away. I got Michael Pittman Jr. Yep. Um, I, I know. I agree with that 100%. I, I sorry, know. Wes. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Wes. <laughs> um, I know he's going to be their de facto number one wide receiver. And I always believe the targets have to go somewhere. But at the same time, just because they're targets doesn't mean they're going to re- uh, relate the catches. So, Anthony Richardson, you talked about it. He has only 300 pass attempts in his career over at Florida. Um, so accuracy is yeah. one of his, one of his critiques or one of his areas of opportunity also. Absolutely. So that could play a part. Absolutely. So Michael Pippen Jr. He might get the, the lion's share of the targets, but does that mean he's going to get the lion's share of the catches and the, and the touchdowns? Uh, I, I don't see it this year. Um, and then sleeper pick Dalton Schultz. I love that pick. Uh, Dalton Schultz, big signing for Houston. Yep. Um, sneaky, big signing, sneaky, yeah. big, big signing. And then I know we're always looking for tight ends to, to oh, yeah. match up for, production with Travis Kelsey and, yep. and the Mark Andrews of the world. Um, but Dalton Schultz, I think will have, will carry his success that he had in Dallas over to Houston. And you got uh, Stroud there, young quarterback. And once again, young quarterback's best friend is tight end. Yep. So Dalton Schultz, my stupid pick. Yep. I'm on board with all three of those. Um, so for my must have, I think I, I'm kind of on the receiving end of, of your thought process with Trevor Lawrence. Um, I, I think you got to get, you got to go after Calvin Ridley. Um, obviously he's, he's going to be fresh. He's coming off a year and not playing. He's going to have fresh legs. Mm-hmm. And I think that he is going to be dynamic in this offense. We saw briefly, I feel like what he was able to do with the Falcons, um, a few years ago. And I think that he's just going to have a breakout year. So he's my, he's my guy that you got to go after. You got to get, 
Um, stay away. I'm staying far, far, far away from Jonathan Taylor. Um, because as of right now, it doesn't even know, it doesn't even look like he's going to play. Right. Um, I feel like that situation is actually getting worse as we get closer to the season where normally they get better. And, you know, one guy ends up, he either gets, he either ends up getting paid or he ends up just giving up and coming to camp Right. where I feel like this is not going away. And it's one of those things where I feel like even if he ultimately does end up coming back, he's going to have such little time to prepare and to get into football shape it just screams injury to me (laughs) and so it's like okay even if you do draft him he comes back how many how long is he going to be healthy before it's a calf or a hamstring or or whatever so i'm staying far far away from jonathan taylor and my sleeper pick is damian pierce um the running back from houston um he had a great rookie year last year with not a lot around him Mm -hmm. there was really no threat to pass last year with houston and Damian Pierce still put up some really solid numbers, and so I think having Stroud behind um, behind center, um, having the option to be a little bit more mobile, having some weapons now with Dalton Schultz, I think that's only going to help the run game. Right. And I think that Damian Pierce is even going to have a better year than he did last year. So um, those are my picks from the, for the AFC South. I'll let you tackle the. Oh gosh, <laughs> I'll let you go. Oh, uh, I got such oh. an issue. I got such an issue with this first pick. So <laughs> go go ahead. Go so ahead. NFC South, yeah. I, I I put two must haves because I knew the first one Nick was not going to be all about it. I knew he was going to hate this pick. I put the Saints TST defensive and special team. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's you a must have. That's ridiculous. That's I'm sorry. D- look at his jersey. I mean, that's such a homer pick. It, it is a it's very big homer, a pick, homer pick. But it's a homer pick with um with knowledge and intelligence. You can't say that you ha- must have is a defense. Yes, you, you just can. can't do it. That's yes, like you saying. Can. That's like saying your must-have is like your my my thing. Will Lutz, a kicker? Yes, it's uh, the same a kicker, thing. No, kicker is way different. Uh, defense, you're always starting off at ten points or whatever it is. You're yeah. starting off at a base point percentage, and then from there, sacks, interceptions, turnovers. You're going to get a lot of turnovers from those other quarterbacks and those other offenses from that division. You got Desmond Ritter, uh, you got Bryce Young, who's first-year quarterback, and then you got um, Baker Mayfield. Oh, let's face it, Baker Mayfield. Like I said, Baker Mayfield. I'm not high on him, so I think there, that's going to be a lot of turnovers, a lot of potential for turnovers. That six games, and then oh, maybe some of those turnovers turn into touchdowns. That's uh, six more points right there. So to me, uh, that is one of your highest <laughs> go tos for defenses. If you have, if you if you like choosing defensives a little bit early from like the last round or the second to the last round um, from from the end of your draft. Go with the Saints defense. They and they will prove to be a a must have. I am not disputing that they are not going to be a good defense. I think they're going to be a great defense. Mm-hmm. But for the purpose of this exercise, I cannot, I cannot stand for that. I, I personally, I just hate going through defenses on a weekly basis, and and because sometimes you're like you're crunched for a roster spot, yeah, and then all of a sudden like Who do, I, I have this great defense that, but it's on a buy. But I don't want to drop anybody else, and then boom, now you got to drop them, and then somebody else picks them up because they have the roster spot. So that's what I was going to say: is you're literally saying that your must-have is someone that, like, come week nine or ten, you're going to have to drop. Well, no, well, not for this team because usually you're you got you're cycling through two or three defenses throughout the year. At least that's what I do. Yeah. Um, but for me, I'd rather use that other roster spot for a position player for another sleeper pick that I have or something. Uh, in this position, you got the Saints defense. You can only you can only um, have one roster position for one defense. That's it. Use your other roster spots for players on the field. 
Um, so to me, I think it saves you a roster spot and it gets you points where you're going to need it. <laughs> Moving on before he has an aneurysm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drake London is my other must have of that division. And I, I, I think we yeah. can. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. We're going to we're gonna have to save this clip as well. Oh, absolutely. This, this is, just, is going down. Going. This is just, just, just bad. <laughs> Drake London. Um, I, I, he showed a great connection with Ritter last year and during Ritter's um, time at uh, QB. So I, I'm expecting them to take off from there. Um, Kyle Pitts is obviously coming back, you know, take off some of the targets there. But like I said, he's coming off from an MCL tear. <clears throat> so how, how much of an effect is he going to have? We'll see. But for me, Drake London is going to be the number one target there, uh, regardless of, of anybody else's um, production. Um, in terms of stay away, DJ Chark, number one receiver there in Carolina. I think Bryce Young is going to take a little while to, to develop yeah. the, the passing aspect of his game. Yep, I agree. Um, I, I think if, so, if something's not there, he, he might take off, especially if the offensive line is not holding up like, like you were uh, concerned about earlier. Um, he's going to be running for his life for quite a while, and he's not going to be able to have DJ Chark develop his route because DJ Chark is 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 a go route runner type of type of player. He, he expands the field. Um, so I think be wary about DJ Chark. And then sleeper, I got Rashad White, which is going to be the number one running back there in Tampa Bay. Um, I think Baker Mayfield is very fringe, so I think he'll be doing a lot of checkdowns. Um. And the beneficiary of that is probably going to be the running back, and that's yep. going to be Rasheed White. So yep. PPR league, Rasheed White is is a sleeper pick there. Okay, so I'll let Nick p- pick his uh real picks. Yeah, I'm not even gonna. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm done with the whole Saints defense conversation. I think that that's just crazy as a must have. But <laughs> moving on, I think uh, my must have is Chris Olave from the Saints. We already kind of talked about it. I think that he's just gonna he's just gonna tear it up this year. I think he the when you talk about the amount of targets that he's up for. I think that you know he he showed already in his rookie season how dynamic that he can be when he had who did he have thrown to him last year he had Taysom Hill and Dalton and Andy Dalton yeah um, I mean Taysom Hill uh, you know he's not I don't know that he's even a real quarterback so <laughs> he's a tight end um, right he's now. a tight end right now and and Dalton I you know he's serviceable he's he's kind of made his career as a backup but you you bring in a guy like Derek Carr. And I think that that connection has a has a has a chance to be really special. Um, so Chris Olave is high on my list. Um, not even when you're talking about the NFC South, just you know fantasy football in general. Um, I'm staying away from Miles Sanders, uh, the running back from Carolina, um, only because of what I talked about. I like Miles Sanders a lot. Obviously, he had big production in Philadelphia, but I just don't trust Carolina's offensive line yet. Right. Um, I think that you you know. Obviously, it goes without saying you can't run the ball without a good O-line. Mm-hmm. And they've shown so far that they have um, major opportunity. And so I think that it's going to be it's going to be questionable, especially when you factor in the rookie quarterback, Bryce Young. You know, typically with rookie quarterbacks, they like, you know, coaches like to lean on the run um, to kind of give them a little bit of a break. And I think that defenses are going to kind of hone in on that, maybe stack the box. And I, I think that it's going to be tough sledding for for Miles Sanders. So I'm staying away from him. Um, and then my sleeper, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not really sure if, if he is considered a sleeper. I just know that with conversations so far this year with quote unquote fantasy experts, I have not heard his name at all this year. And in years past, he's one of the guys that you hone in on. Um, 
but I feel like he's under the radar this year, which is why I wrote down that my, my sleeper is Mike Evans. Um, I think he could kind of go either way, right? He could be um, a sleeper or, or maybe not. Maybe he's just one of the guys that you're always looking for, but um, I expect him to have a big year this year. I know you disagree. I think you, I almost had him in my stay away category. We, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's just par for this episode. I think that our picks are just so, <laughs> are just so drastically different. I can't wait to see how this season goes. But it goes to, uh, to how the, both South divisions are very unpredictable this yeah. year. They're, very, they're a lot of teams are going through rib rebuild and, and some have high hopes like the Jags and the saints. So, yep. Yeah. Um, so that's Mike Evans. I think I, you know, he's, he's a dominant receiver again, regardless of who throws him the ball. Obviously, he showed what he could do with Tom Brady, but he also showed what he can do with a guy like Jameis Winston who's throwing 30-plus interceptions a year. Yeah. Um, so I think that you know Baker is a serviceable quarterback despite what you think. Um, he's he's kind of got that it factor, I believe, mm-hmm. and I think that him and Mike Evans have a, have a chance to still have a – have a really good connection and kind of keep that team afloat. So right. um, he's, he's my sleeper for this year. What's your comment? I can see you biting your lip. No, I, like I said, we'll, yeah. we'll have the tape on. Yeah. And we'll go back and look. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the end of Freaking the year. Saints defense is a must have. You gotta be kidding. Number one defense. I'm yeah. calling it now. All right. Well, this was an entertaining episode. I think this is one of the few times. Normally you guys will come to find out. Normally Jeff and I share a brain. Um, when it comes oh, yeah. to football and specifically fantasy football, we're kind of notorious for stealing each other's picks. Oh, yeah. Um, Whoever picks in front of the other gets. And, yeah. Yep. It's always like you got to look at the draft order and see where we're at. And if Jeff's ahead of me, I'm like punching a wall nope. just because, you know, he'll take at least three or four guys that I that I wanted that I circled ahead of time. So um, but even when it just comes to like predicting games or teams like we we typically are on board with each other. And I feel like this episode and this, these divisions and these players were kind of just all over the place. So um, we'll see how it goes. I um, hopefully this was entertaining for you guys and um, gave you something to think about. I mean, right. we gave you pre- basically two different opinions. Oh, absolutely. So um, I mean, I guess, <laughs> Flip do, a coin. I guess do with that what you will and let, let us know which one you, which one of us you trusted and, <laughs> and how it works out. But <laughs> right answer is um, neither. <laughs> Again, I had a blast. Um, well, next week we're going to break down the AFC and NFC North, which I'm excited because I feel like um, kind of you know give you a little teaser in the next week. I've heard that people think that the AFC North is the toughest division in football, mm-hmm. um, which I can't wait to break down those teams. I, I, I tend to agree, um, but we'll get into that. We'll we'll get into that next week. So um, stay tuned for that. And um, as always, if you guys have any topics that you are curious about or any questions or anything that you want us to discuss, please feel free to send it in, whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, I mean, shoot, you could text us um, and get, Hey, you know, say, Hey, you know, give this a shout on next week's episode and, and we'll do it. We're, we're, we're loved. We love doing these breakdowns, but we oh, yeah. also would love to cover some stuff that you guys are interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so feel free to, to send that in and um, yeah, we'll, we'll we hope you enjoyed and, and we'll see you next week. See you next week. Peace. Thanks for listening to What Did They Know podcast. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media outlets to see future episode details. And don't forget to send in any questions or topics that you want to see the guys discuss in their weekly episodes to come.